Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Well, here we go again, Bob. We're back in business after a bit of a hiatus last week. And uh, I'm Jim Gerhardt, Bob Williams, Patrick Lavery, sort of riding shotgun this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was out last week, as you know, I had a, a bit of an accident. Oh, God, uh, that, you I, were showing that I to did, us. What I did, I tried to break up a fight between a pit bull and a Doberman pincher, uh, and, both and, of which weighed 106 pounds. And you got in the middle of that uh, scrum, huh? <laughs> and you know what you can see when they went at each other, and that's a long story I won't get into because for five years they've gotten along beautifully. All of a sudden, there were one day they tried to kill each other one morning, and uh, I got caught in the, in the melee. However, the upside, now the downside was I have my finger bound uh, like onto Gosh. a mummy or something where they had to stitch every, the meat back on. Wow. It didn't hit the bone. The upside of it is, and this is in New Jersey, it's an index finger. Right. Had it been the finger next to it, I would not be able to drive in New Jersey. So, uh, I, know, I have you, to, you know, th- thank God for We're number for, one, we're, right? We're number one. Yeah, it's a big number one up here now. Uh, some of the things that are going on in the Garden State of New Jersey. Oh, another thing. There was a movie one time talking about the dogs. And, you know, Manfred, uh, my Doberman pup I right. bring in, I didn't this morning. But uh, there was a movie, and I think it was one of James Garner's first movies. It was called they only kill their masters. Okay. You ever hear of that? You're telling me about it. Yes. Yeah. And and it, it was James Garner. I I don't think he's ever acted before because he couldn't at that time anyway. <laughs> he was just getting into the business. Right. Yeah. But it was about somebody who had raised Dobermans to go out and commit mischief. This was not the Doberman gang, which is a similar thing. Yeah. But the name of the movie was They Only Kill Their Masters. Now, I'm going to debunk that. Because that's a legend about Dobermans, how they turn on their masters. They don't kill their masters. They only bite their fingers off. <laughs> so if you're thinking of getting into that sort of a pet. <laughs> and you, and you, you have nine more chances to break up fights at home. This is, this is excellent. You had to bring that up. <laughs> what else is going on? The uh, activity of a governor in New Jersey is always very interesting. Oh, he's always given us yeah. stuff to talk about. And uh, here we have a governor, uh, Comrade Murphy, who apparently is going for the Miss Congeniality title. Uh, Eric Scott had a nice piece on the website, and the question was asked, is he really interested <laughs> in being governor in, in yeah. this? Yeah. Because they say we have the uh, 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 we have the state of the state address, have the budget address coming up. Everybody feels there's got to be new taxes because you can't run a welfare state without a lot of tax money coming in. Right. Because you have to have the money to take care of the entitlees that this brings in, but also you have to have a huge amount of money in the Treasury for the members of the legislature to buy votes mm. through creating these programs. It's sort of a cyclical sort of a thing. But uh, interesting that uh, Pat was, was we're talking about that the governor and Steve Sweeney and uh, the Speaker of the Assembly and somebody else in the picture went to a diner to explain that the minimum wage in New Jersey is $15 an hour. Wow, it's the first one in the country, or it's among the first. It's going to be the guiding light for everybody else. And then they asked the owner of the diner what he thought about that. And uh, he's, Pat, as you tell me, he just said, I'll have to go out of business. I can't afford that. <laughs> I may have to cut well, staff. But you see, the Burgers whole thing. are going to be 10 bucks. Yeah, the whole thing is a smokescreen. Because the minimum wage is not $15. The minimum wage is $8 and something. Right. It'll become $15 for work. 
in 10 years. Right. And, that, and, that, and that public relations thing just backfired right in their face. They, yeah. no, they didn't bother to vet that the diner but, owner was but, not in favor but of... But the diner owner believes what they want you to believe, right. you know, for other people. Yeah. And so the diner owner had to recant. They had to get him back and uh, do a, uh, a do job a on him, PR people and yeah. everything, and come back and say, well, I'm sorry, I didn't realize. Yeah, they took me in the this back is, alley and they the, told me the, what to say now. This is five or six years from now, Yeah, which proves the whole thing is a farce. Oh, gosh. But what's the headline? $15 an hour uh, of in, in, in New Jersey. Ah, tis a tis a wonderful, <laughs> oh man, tis a wonderful thing. Um, the other, oh, 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 getting back to Eric's story. Apparently, with the uh, the, the welfare state type type plans for New Jersey, uh, it's going to take tax money. So everybody's anticipating taxes. But as Eric had pointed out, the administration will not tell anybody what it is they have in mind. Uh, how much is going to be, what they're going to tax, and why. And uh, according to Eric, they not even had meetings about this. Mm. So nobody has the faintest idea what they're, what they're going to spring. And so, as was pointed out, the governor acts as if he's not terribly interested in this. Mm. And so I don't know. It, and this may be deja vu all over again. I had a conversation once with uh, Governor Corazon when he was governor. And he was in, used to come in in the mornings and go on the air with us. And during the news breaks, you know, we talk. And I asked him one morning, uh, well, a couple of years into, I said, you know, are you enjoying this? Do you really like doing this? Because he had been a Wall Street tycoon as the current governor. And he said, you know, I don't know. He says, what I, what I really enjoy is business. And I think that was the demise of Governor Corzine because he lost interest. Mm. And he wanted to get back in, into, into business again. Right. So there's hope for people who are trying to recall this governor. Maybe just sit down and, and, you know, and wait. Because it's possible he's lost interest already. Yeah. And, and wants to get back in the game. Well, that'd be something if he was recalled. Well, I forget what, what I forget what there, there's a there's a number that you have to have, but you can't you know, with the over a million. I well, think you, have to you have. see, this this is the problem. This is why it's totally. Re- this is another smokescreen. This is what they throw out there, and people buy it for some reason or other. We went to the polls, and I'm not mistaken. I think it was probably about the middle of the last decade or so, and it was a public question. Uh, and this goes back to the history, going back to the '90s of initiative, referendum, and recall. Now. Uh, if you remember that, initiative referendum are two means that the public can have some control over their own destiny, the government. Initiative, and they have this in 26 states, and it works very, very well. They, so the legislature cannot get away. In the state of Washington, a couple of times, the state legislature almost secretly tried to give themselves a raise. Well, the first time, a, a, uh, a furniture store salesman got a petition going. And under the law, with initiative, that's the initiative. You get a petition, you have to get so many signatures. Yes. That's like the recall in New Jersey. Once you get that and they're validated, they have to put it on a ballot for a vote. So the people can go to the polls and vote down whatever shenanigans they're up to. Now, getting to the recall, now initiative and referendum came within an ace of getting passed in New Jersey back in the early 90s. There was a congressman, I think a member of the legislature at the time, named Dick Zimmer, who came up with a great law. So that meant, if it passed, that we would get to call them out on anything. And the members, our elected officials, would have to start paying some attention to the people. 
which they don't now necessarily. So it went down to one night in August. The bill had to be passed, I believe it was before the first week in August. And it got right down to the night before it. And I was told this by a young member of the legislature later. They're all set to vote on this the next day that we would have initiative and referendum. And what happened was, according to him, in the last meeting of the legislature, the lobbyists all descended, and they were going around like with hands full of money, just riffling. Mm-hmm. Now, the point is, which they all understood, who do you want to run the state? Uh, you let the people do it. You're not getting any more of this. No, no, no. <laughs> we, we're happy running the state. And so the members of the legislature got the notion, and the whole thing the next day, I think they all split Went out and played golf or something and let the deadline go by. That was now, the closest we got to. As to recall, like it was more interesting because the people went uh, and voted a public question that should this be. Now, the, the, the tragic flaw in that was it was to be left up to the legislature to come up with the recall uh, law, the rules. And so after this passed the November election, the and it had to be done by the end of the year. So the legislature went back. Now, it, this, is a, this is one of those things in which you let the fox make the rules for henhouse behavior. <laughs> so not a person who got to vote on this was interested in losing his job, potentially, and so they came up with a, a, a complete trick. They said, okay, we're going to have recall, ways that you can recall public officials that you think are not performing up to your expectations— but we'll make it so hard, it's impossible. <laughs> and the only recall done in the state of New Jersey, I think it was a couple of school board members <laughs> in a small town somewhere. Uh, but, Bob, as you pointed out, the recall, one thing they did that was a real trick, the number of uh, names you have to have valid names on the petitions to get this onto a vote, the, uh, they have to be registered voters. Yes, not active voters. Yeah, just now, to, there's a huge million or so voter gap Big difference between there. the two. Yeah. So, the, uh, so, in other words, as you were saying, if you had active voters in the last election, you would have, uh, I think it was like 600,000 possibly. Did mm-hmm. that many people vote? Well, let's say that as a probably, figure. Yeah, probably in But registered voters, New Jersey has one of the highest voter registration lists in the country, but they don't vote. But they're registered, so you have to get this big percentage of them. Right. So uh, there it goes. Hmm. Uh, a lot going on in the. Oh, oh, oh! Guess who is back in the uh, in in the news in activity in New Who's Jersey? That? Education. <laughs> All right. Remember the good old N J E A Conan the teacher. No! Ah, there they go. There they go. Remember this? This is deja vu all over again. They're back at it. Yep. Yeah. Warms my heart. Takes us back to the 90s. <laughs> you see. We're worried about we're, them for a while. <laughs> where, where have they been? Uh, and they're up, they're up to their usual tricks again. Okay, that coming up. Oh, Bob, you just did something before we went on the air. You were showing us a video mm-hmm. of a terrible car accident. Oh, my gosh. That yeah. I happened. Up in, uh, Huge explosion. Uh 
happened up in New Hampshire. It was a head-on collision between a tractor-trailer and a Jeep, and the Jeep swerved into the front of the tractor-trailer, and it exploded on contact, and luckily the car following the Jeep had a dash cam. They they filmed the entire thing, uh-huh. and they were able to, the, the people were able to jump out and save the 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 driver of the jeep he was a young driver mm. and he's got some serious injuries but god he's he's alive but, thank but god. it was a, it was a tragic event and mm-hmm. and you go on to see terrible things right. you know maybe multiple people who have been died here was one of my pet peeves and i get absolutely furious about this when you go online and you want to watch a news story oh on, on about many, that, on many websites. i, I want to see yeah the, this this story like that and we we just did this first before you see that story, you want a tragedy, a terrible thing. You have to watch an idiotic commercial yeah. for 30 seconds. Right. So I want to go on and you want to see this. You say 27 people died in this this eruption. You know, it happened in, you know, wherever it is. And you want to see that. And you know you're going to see a heart-rending, terrible thing. Yeah. But all of a sudden, hemorrhoid sufferers, here's proof. Who the hell cares about your hemorrhoids? You know, and, yeah. and, and, or, or it can be even worse than that. They got a bunch of people dancing around just as chickens or something. Right. Selling it's, you something you don't need. Those are annoying And, and then all of a sudden, it goes to a tragedy. So what it does, it trivializes the tragedy. Yes. Because your mind has already been set up for something totally idiotic. Well, because... The, and, and it lessens the impact of what you want to see. I had to stop watching stories because of that. Yeah, well, it, they, they get in the way. I mean, and as an advertiser... Uh, do you really want your ad to be placed like that? Oh, yeah, you'll get noticed, but it's it's an annoyance ad. But people don't think that no, way. No, they don't. This is the whole problem in, in the country. You boil down to people have stopped thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, I mean, it's different to ha- advertise online when, when, well, yeah, when the sure. ad is not in the middle of the actual content that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there are also some spots where the ads are in the middle of the stories. You'll oh, get yes, part yes. of the story, uh-huh. Uh-huh. then the story will pause, and then you have to sit through yeah. this ad and then finish and, the story. And here they come out with, uh, what, Frank Perdue walking into a store. Right. Huge celebration breaking out because he learned to cut up a chicken part. Yeah. I, I don't understand that. No. I have known for years no. how to <laughs> yeah. cut up a chicken part. But all of a sudden, this, this, this has been being billed now as greater than possible cure of cancer or world peace or, or anything of this sort. Yeah. All right. Getting back to the good old NJEA. Now, uh, years ago, uh, this was, they were constantly in the news for one thing or another. And uh, it is, and was well, certainly probably the more, most powerful lobbying organization in the state. And you match their ambitions against the capacity of the people to pay for the fulfillment of their ambitions. And there was always something of a problem there. Now, going back to the first years of the uh, uh, Christie administration, Chris Christie and Steve Sweeney, who was the head Democrat at the time, had gotten together and they had decided they wanted to rein in some of the profligate uh, entitlements mm-hmm. that members of that organization got and demanded. And it turned out that Steve Sweeney is a union president. He's the president of the Iron Workers Union, a real world union, not a union in the enchanted kingdom like yeah. a public these guys, union. These guys and gals, mm-hmm. they work. And he knew at the time... Because at the time, remember back in the early 80s, I think there was something of a recession. And then 
slowly, early 90s, I'm sorry. And then the slowly uh, things came back. Then you had the big crash in 08. Well, Steve Sweeney had to deal with the fact of what this meant to his union members because the union had carried the entitlements, the health care. Yes. And it was tough. And so he realized that. And he went into what apparently is a permanent eclipse of disgrace with unions because he cooperated with the governor. But one of the things they did was that they had uh, increased the copay. Uh, the, uh, not the copay, the uh, the contribution. Right, for the medical. Of, member, of medical, of the medical, uh, for the contributions. Now, that was increased uh, and... Uh, they had to pay, I believe it was 2011, they had to pay more money toward their health benefits, and some of it was pretty good, like the rest of us were paying out here in the real world anyway. Yeah. Well, apparently the union didn't like that naturally, but for some reason there wasn't much uh, pushback. They weren't in a position really, I think, to push back because one of the head Democrats, in addition to the Republicans, had uh, pretty much worked this out as part of Christie's toolbox. Remember that? Yes. Okay, so here we come up to the present, and you get a governor now who is very beholden to the unions and certainly seems to be willing to open the Treasury to them. So here come the teachers back, and they want to do away with their contribution to their health care. Now, this is a right they have, obviously, and I don't blame the unions for pretty much uh, robbing the Treasury over the years because they can. The politicians are the ones that gave it away to them. They didn't get a thing they weren't given in return for, for votes. But here, here's the thing. Now, Bob, you'll remember this. You have a violin. Pat, you have a violin on you, Bonnie. We need a violin. <laughs> Imagine hearts and flowers on a yeah. violin or, or a whole bunch of violins. Uh, member of the teachers' union says, this is a, an issue of fairness. This is not having to pay for your, your health insurance, any contribution. It is an issue of respect for who, Bob? The teachers. No, no. Who was it they used to say come out for? It's not for us. It's for the children. It's for the children. The children. Yes. And we melted. Yes. Our, 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 our hearts that had turned to stone. It suddenly melted, and we said, yes, empty our pockets, give them a It's for yes, the children. The children. And so, and so, again, that's according to the NJEA president. And, uh, and they said, making, at a meeting making, followed by chance of we are worth it. Yeah. Well, that might well be. Some certainly are. What's that, what's that president making? Three, four hundred thousand now? Uh, that's another matter. Good God. <laughs> and the assistant's making like two hundred. Well, now here, here that's the, nuts. This story goes on. This is from... Uh, NJ1015 uh, News. And this goes on, and here is a, a teacher who is president of the Monroe Township Education Association, says changes are needing to, quote, reduce the devastation caused by the pension and health benefit changes of 2011. Oh, Devastation. I didn't notice that. I have not walked down the street since 2011 and seen people just, you know, sort of laying by the side of the road and, and utter devastation. The houses down like the aftermath of an yeah. earthquake or something. We but but we, we just missed it. That's all. We just didn't see. We haven't seen devastation yet. We're, we're going to see <laughs> devastation when the state goes into federal receivership at some point because of the pension load here on the state. Yeah, see, that's the problem. We will see it. The yes. people who caused it are long gone. Yes. They've taken their boat checks 
<laughs> and they're all on their yachts, mm-hmm. the politicians. And, and God forbid if we ever tried to uh, reduce pension benefits to retired people. Well, right, let, me, let me continue anything, here. Anything is possible if it gets really bad financially. Well, you see, all this goes on with no notion of there can be a financial, there can be another bubble burst. Many predict that there is going to be. But they sail along as if it could never happen again. So I, and let me continue here. Uh, the uh, said uh, the teacher, the the union leader, yeah. we deserve respect, and that means affordable health care. Should a teacher in New Jersey ever have to decide between paying her mortgage and getting her chemotherapy? <sighs> what? 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 I'll get that. I now. Should New Jersey teachers and educational support personnel have to work one, two, three, or four more jobs to afford quality health care? Well, the health care that they get in all public workers is considered the Lamborghini of health care. Yeah, it's Cadillac. It's just yeah. that you're asked to pay a little bit for it. Right. Like, again, people who do not live in the Enchanted Kingdom have to do. Right. Now, I continue. It says, is it acceptable for a teacher with 30 years' experience... Is it acceptable for her to have to rely on food banks and her church to make ends meet? What? Well, somebody figured this out, did some math. In that district, that teacher has to be making a minimum of $89,000 a year. That's pretty much what a lot now, of teachers Now, $89,000 a year is not, you know, huge, but that's for three quarters of a year. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go ahead and work out the math, suppose you were making that uh, you know, the regular year. I mean, you're, you're in a six-figure salary. Yeah. You're, you're in the one, You're, you're the in that range for what you're getting. thousand a year, yeah. So it's uh, <laughs> the, uh, uh, I, but this is, this is uh, their modus operandi. Uh, but again, it, ultimately it gets back to, it's not for us. We it's, don't mind that. It's for, it's the, for children. the children. You see, it wouldn't be bad. It would be nice. There's some excellent teachers. And I figured out, I talked about this one time before. To me, it's a crime that it would take this teacher, let's say this teacher is a very good teacher. It would take her, how would he figure out, 26 years to make as much money at that salary as a professional football quarterback gets for one game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Three hours right. out of his busy schedule mm-hmm. yeah. to go out and throw a ball around. Uh, you see, they're, they're again, uh, Certain inequities. So many, I, I tell you, out of, uh, they're so out of touch. Without, well, you see, they're no. I think the problem is they're in touch because they know they're going to get this. Uh, you have it set up now. You have the Democratic legislature. You now, now Steve Sweeney is going to have to redeem himself of the unions. I think one of the big reasons Steve Sweeney, who should have been governor, mm-hmm. the man earned it. He uh, did everything. He certainly is obviously extremely capable and knowledgeable in politics. Right? See, at one time. Uh, I think this is the second governor who's had a lieutenant governor. New Jersey did not have a lieutenant governor. In my view, they had a perfect system. In case of the incapacity of the governor, or as John Corzine told me one time, he said, every time I go over to Manhattan courting my fiance, I have to have the Senate president come in and, and swear him in yeah. uh, while, I'm, while I'm gone until I come back home from the date. Yeah, I'll be back on uh, Sunday. Yeah, but, but anyway, the, to me it was a perfect situation that if the governor's incapacitated, the president of the Senate became the pro tem governor. Mm-hmm. Now, the president of the Senate is, is up to his latissimus dorsi in, in politics, everything that's going on. It was perfect, and it worked perfectly. And uh, as witnessed the fact that uh, would uh, Dick Cody, yeah. 
became acting governor when Jim McGreevy resigned, and he was enormously popular and did a great job. Mm-hmm. And, and governor uh, government went on without any any uh, really uh, roadblocks or bumps in the mm-hmm. transition. So anyway, now all of a sudden we have a lieutenant governor, and the lieutenant governor doesn't necessarily haven't had any experience in much of anything. It's done essentially for you know the diversity or whatever. They for political, purely political purposes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but anyway, get back to Steve Sweeney, who the man who should have, because of his experience, had the Democratic nomination. However, it was bought out from under him by the current governor. And anybody, as we know, going back to the Corazine days, can buy themselves a right. job in New Jersey, a big job, by laying money on the county organizations. And this is what happened. But the point is that ever since Steve Sweeney, back in the early part of the last decade, had cooperated in some reduction and some reining in of the profligate entitlements of uh, public workers' unions, uh, the feeling has been in the party that the unions would not support him. So here we that's, are. With that's this unfortunate because I, mm-hmm. I think he would have been a great governor. Oh, he would be a great governor, yeah. and perhaps he will be if this one gets bored and gets tired or, or uh, you know, whatever. I don't know, whatever it is. Or he fulfills his ambition and becomes the Democratic nominee for the presidency. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, remember that, that they, they, they were passing a law, the Democrats in the legislature, that would prevent Chris Christie from remaining governor while he was running for the presidency. Yes, yes. Now, here comes this governor. They changed the law and said the governor right. can they, they, they remain that, governor. They, they, they should call that the Cory Booker law. The Cory Booker law, yeah. Uh, Booker is probably going to be declaring well, his candidacy. So, uh, the, but the, this, it, it would seem to me that this governor is more posturing for a for the attention of the progressives or the radical left or what the people who are going to control the nomination mm-hmm. for governor yep because everybody everybody who is <sighs> every everybody who is left yeah. of uh Ronald Reagan or something, and there's a whole <laughs> yeah. lot of people out there wants to be the governor or the next presidential yeah. nominee the democrat but um this, I think, is what he's doing. And so there's a whole lot of posturing going on yes. and, and setting himself up the, the minimum wage. Oh, next is the marijuana, right? the legalized yep. marijuana. That's about that's coming down the pipe. And they're still, well, they're fighting over that, but who knows what it's going to come out. They may be like the minimum wage thing where you get, oh, big press conference, this is what we did uh, out on the West Coast and around the liberal circles. Oh, look yeah. what he did, man. He got that through in this state. And, uh, I'll tell you, a lot of his constituents or the people that voted for him, they're not too happy about the delays uh, legalizing marijuana. I'm looking at uh, a well, lot the of potheads uh, didn't want a 15 minute delay. <laughs> got the, uh, the governor's uh, Facebook page inundated with comments. No matter mm-hmm. what kind of public appearance he's at, you, you look at the comment mm-hmm. section. It's like, hey, what about the pot law? Hey, when are you going to make <laughs> yeah. it legal? What, like, why, dude, and, and answer, riddle me this, Batman. Here we are living in the country, which is people the most overfed, overindulged, overfree group of people in the world. One of the biggest industries in the whole world in this country is diet industry. So everybody is overweight. They're stuffed. They got all kind of freedom and, 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 and rights and liberties and things. And yet they're all trying to escape it. Mm. They have arrived at what the state of beatitude that human beings since the dawn of time have wanted. Can you imagine what anybody, even today in much of the world, probably the most population in the world say, Oh my God, you know, I'd give anything I'd kill 
to live like the poorest person in New Jersey. <laughs> yep, that's it. <laughs> but but we but we have to have the uh, the palliative, yeah. the narcotic, to some. Why? We've got everything. Maybe that's the maybe that's the answer. Mm, yeah. What do you want? We want more. Right. When do you want it? Now. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, there we are. Oh, uh, speaking of politics, a very interesting thing. I don't know if you saw this or not. The president of Starbucks was oh. on 60 Minutes. Oh, How- Howard uh, Howard Schultz, right? Is that his name? Yeah. And, and very impressive to me, and I know he is, he's a very flaming liberal. I see nothing wrong with, wrong with flaming liberal, uh, liberals. It, it's the radicals that sort of get to me. So that doesn't bother me, uh, his proclivities, but he has decided he might run for presidency as an independent candidate, mm-hmm. which would be wonderful. The system will not allow it, believe me. When right. Purse comes to the shove, the other parties are going to Right, they're going to eat him alive. But what he said was something, and I was delighted to hear somebody say that. I've not heard it that much. I've been saying it for a long time, that fundamental to a lot of the turmoil that's going on. And he said that, uh, in answer to the question why, that why he didn't run as a Democrat, he was telling that, in a sense, he's saying they're as bad as the other party now. But he said, I'm tired of the politics of revenge. I love that because that's exactly what's going on now. Uh, thanks to political correctness, which is a whole complexity of stuff going on here, when everybody can be can profit from being a victim, everybody wants to be a victim. And when you're a victim, what's the first thing you want? It's revenge mm. <laughs> on whoever victimized you. Man. And so they must feel there's a big constituency out there, the, uh, the, the two political parties for victims. Mm. Oh, one more thing here. Remember the, the I don't know if it's famous or infamous, Gillette shaving commercial? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where uh-huh. they have this bunch of, of theander, Neanderthal-looking men. Oh, yeah, the best the man sitting on a be bench. or get or And whatever. then they tell how bad they are. Then they trot out a couple of wimpy-looking guys and say, you know, these are the real men. Yeah. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so, but this is because of uh, uh, a toxic masculinity. Yeah. Now, here is my question about this before we get into toxic masculinity. Uh, the, the, this spot is being billed as some great, uh, what public service announcement on the part of the, who owns Gillette, a larger corporation. Um, I forget who it is, but anyway, it's a big corporate thing. The ad was calculated at an advertising agency. Commercials are done and the agencies do what they do to make money, not to deal with social issues. Yeah. Believe me, I spent enough time around them. They don't give a damn about a social issue. <laughs> what is going to make money for the client? Because we're working on a 15% commission here, and if the client doesn't make a lot of money, right. we don't get the commission. We want the guys without the muscles to buy the Well, the, that's the, the thing. Who, who was the constituency? Let's, let's throw out the social injustice, justice, toxic masculinity, or what have you. Throw it all out of there. Who was, what was the market they were after? Because this is what the game really is. Mm-hmm. They must have figured. Who would it be? Women? Yeah, it could Possibly. be. Could be lady shavers. Possibly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wimpy looking men. Uh-huh. Who, uh huh. Who? Ladies with facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> the bearded, there, bearded a, ladies, bearded ladies at carnivals. I guess. Yep. <laughs> uh, I I don't know, but but that that's that's how the game that's how the game works. It, it has nothing to do. I can't imagine them. You brought up social justice. Justice must us. How do we sell the damn razors? Yeah. Uh, and so the, the, this, uh, I, I, I just one, one more thing. I was talking about the toxic masculinity. 
I think people better stop and think because what they call toxic, toxic masculinity is the male gene, really. The, a certain amount of maleness, which is aggressive. Now, sometimes, obviously, it turns into some pretty nasty things, but generally speaking, not. Uh, and certainly not to approve of the abuses of certain power that you might have. Think about it this way. toxic. If it weren't for toxic masculinity, or what the, this genetic uh, aggressiveness, fear, aggressive, territoriality, you know, business, yeah. that goes with the genes, it was a survival mechanism. The human species evolved since we came down out of the trees. Mm. probably before we even started climbing up in the trees right. for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, as a survival mechanism, you had to have that in order to survive. You had mm-hmm. to have this uh, this aggressiveness. Yeah, you had to be macho. You had to be. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and so, But it, it comes out now. But suppose we had not had it. And the people who are doing all the whining about it should stop and think about something. In a sense, it was this quality in the males that, among many, many other things, won World War II. I'll just throw that out as an example. Now, had we not won World War II, now, you you may condemn this quality in men, but at least give it some credit here, and don't go off in this hate business and and insist that every male be emasculated. Uh, Because if they had not won that war, let's say that the Nazis had won it, and took over the, there would be no minorities in this country. Hmm. Uh, right, specifically, would, I mean, right, this, this is not making it up. This is what they did. There right. would be none. They, they would have been wiped out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people wouldn't be here. Right. So I think what we should do, I don't know, is there toxic femininity? I've never heard of that. Hmm. Uh, but that, perhaps, coming, they're, they're, yeah. well, I've seen some people. I'm, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure I had it. Right. But as a general thing. But if the women want these groups, I'd say all women, obviously not, but let's say the radicals, uh, the movements, if they want to uh, to run things and do away with this, the next time there's a war, have the men sit home. I'd be delighted. Mm. I'd be delighted to have my sons sit home. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And let the women do the war. Because the women, and they might take it up, what they're great at, they say, we could march into battle and demonstrate. We will hold up signs to the enemy. Yeah. And boy, that'll fix them. Oh, yeah. yeah. So let's, let, let's give that a shot. Oh, yeah. speaking of that, I got to tell you this in closing. Uh, talk about Women's March. Organizers, this is from The Week magazine, a little of great digestive news. Organizers of a Women's March in Eureka, California have canceled the event because too many white women, white women might attend. <laughs> oh, God. Crazy. Now, the population of Eureka is 75% white. <laughs> so who, who do they think would be attending? Well, if organizers gonna... said participants have been overwhelmingly white and lack diversity. The decision sparked controversy in part because the population uh, is 75% white, but the group dismissed critics saying that, the, that they are victims of white fragility. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know. They don't either. know what it means either. They don't have to. It's like demonstrate out there. They're great at that. They learned that in college, of course, you know, in California. They say, what do we want? We don't have any idea. When do we want it? Now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think they're great at that, and they're getting better at it. So the next war, think about that. Yeah. If we happen to have a war, yeah. uh, men, folk, sit it out. 
uh, and and contemplate your toxic masculinity. Mm. <laughs> hey, you gonna watch the Super Bowl? No, no, no. Okay, <laughs> you know, uh, no, because it's it's. And again, I, I went into this. I was not a fan of any team involved in the final bunch, but just to see what happened. No, there are two teams in there that shouldn't be in there. Mm. How you want to do it? I don't know. Mm. The league says they can't play the games over. Because yeah, it's going to yeah. cost them a lot of money. They didn't say because it, <laughs> they didn't make it a matter of right and wrong. Mm. It's just how much money it's going to cost the league to do it over. Yeah. And I can understand that. How about you? Uh, I'll probably watch a little bit of it. Yeah. I don't really care. I, part I, of it is. I, 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 and and the, the audiences the uh, last couple of years, they've been pretty stagnant. They're not increasing. They're like, you know, the average 100 million, 110 million, but they're well, not, you, you they're not have, going up. Population is 300 million in the country. We're not seeing a huge increase in that uh, Super Bowl audience over the last several years. Yeah. Other than, uh, I guess, Los Angeles, uh, you don't have another major market. Well, you got Boston, but. Well, uh, that's not uh, but, like uh, New York yeah, or Chicago but, uh, or Philadelphia I mean, they, or something. They, they've got issues. They've got issues. About that. I, I I I will not feel good watching it because I I think it was just just unfairly done, and so unfairly done, so blatantly. Oh, that 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 Saints Rams game that, that you yeah. see there are conspiracy theories going already. Have you seen those? Uh, now I'm not promoting this, but I think it was ESPN. Somebody speculated that the officials who were responsible for that horrible non-call. In, in the game, the Rams uh, game. And the Saints, yeah. All lived in Los Angeles <laughs> and were fans of the local team. Son of a gun. So uh, I don't know. So. Okay, so again, I will feel better. Uh, feel better. Thank you. I'll traipse back in here and uh, say hi to Manfred for us. I will say hi to Man- Manfred. couldn't come in today. Manfred has a little ear anomaly. We had some work done. Yeah. So he's got a bandage on his ear. Okay. And I don't want to come in and have PETA people out there throwing orts at me right, yeah. for, for cruelty to animals for <laughs> yeah, fixing so. his ear. But, okay, uh, I'm uh, Jim Gerhardt, Bob Williams, uh, yeah. Pat Lavery, and yeah. uh, again, unless there's a sudden outbreak of public decency or something. Or another dogfight at home. Or another dogfight at home. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you Okay, have week. yourself a great week. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to the new Jim Gerhardt podcast. Still cooking, and it's bigger than ever. From NJ1015.com.